Welcome to the Notespire Music Artist Impact Podcast, helping you gain confidence, grow your talent, and advance your impact. Here's your host, Nate Miller. And welcome back, my friends, to another episode of the Artist Impact Podcast, right here on Notespire Music Radio. Yeah, I am your host, Nate Miller, and I'm so glad to be back with you guys again for another one of these podcasts. We like to talk about the music industry, um, techniques, tips, tricks, um, tech, whatever we can share to have to help you have a greater impact um, in your music and your music ministry, however that looks, however you're using your God-given abilities and talents to um, bless people and to bring glory and honor to God. And uh, we got a really great article for you this time. It's on how to handle criticism as an artist. Yeah, <laughs> probably not the most enjoyable concept or um, subject to go through, I'll say, if you, especially if you've experienced it yourself, um, not fun. And if you're just getting started as an artist and you haven't experienced it yet, just wait, you will, because there's, you know, an old saying, everyone's a critic, right? So it doesn't matter how, um, how good you are at your craft. There will be somebody who just has it out for you whether it's you as a person or just because they can't stand somebody who's successful or who's doing something that they wish they could do themselves. So, um, yeah, anytime you put yourself out there, it's a possibility that you're going to be a target. We'll talk a little bit about that as we go into this article. It's not all going to be doom and gloom. <laughs> okay. So don't, don't tune out just yet, but, uh, I think it's an important thing to talk about, especially, uh, for those of us who are independent musicians and independent Christian musicians. It's hard enough when you don't have like, you know, that background, that, that, uh, religious background or spiritual background, I should say, for support and maybe the support of your, your family and friends and, and church or whatever is your background and support. It, it's, and as an independent musician, going it alone, whether you're, you know, a singer songwriter on your own or in a band, it can be tough. Um, you, you definitely need support, especially in hard times when it feels like the world is against you. And I can't even imagine um, if you don't have, you know, again, you don't have to be a Christian musician. You could be an independent musician, even a secular musician. But if you don't have a strong um, support of friends and family um, and some sort of spiritual background, I would, I would think it's going to be even harder for you. So these, um, these tips that we're going to have, we have six tips for you in handling criticism. They're going to be helpful for any musician, but especially the independent musician. But we're going to dive into this article on uh, how to deal with criticism as an artist. And the article is by Chris Huff. It was released in September 20, on September 27th, 2023 this year. And I found this on the Disc Makers blog. So a lot of great resources there. And, I, and we, we like to refer to them a lot. Um, there's, they put out great articles that are very helpful, but uh, it gives us a, a platform to um, just get us started so we can start dialoguing and talking about things that are helpful to you as independent musicians. And I think this is a very helpful um, subject to talk about because, like I said, anybody who puts themselves out there at some point in their life is going to meet some resistance, some friction, some outright criticism, whether you consider it constructive or not, constructive or de destructive. Um, anybody for any length of time who's out there is going to meet this. So how do you handle it? Right. Okay. So we'll start out by saying like playing music um, is good for the body, soul, and psyche on whatever level you do it, right? But however, if you plan to play in front of people at any point in time, 
whether that's in person, right, on stage in front of people, online, you know, just putting videos out there or doing um, live streams or video recording, um, you're opening yourself up to rejection and you're going to have to deal with criticism at some point in your career. If you just play for yourself in your in your bedroom or in your house, whatever, that's fine. You'll you know, no one will ever hear your music, and the only cr- critique that you're going to have is your own. But anybody who puts themselves out there in the public eye on any platform, be prepared um, for a response. And you know, hopefully, the majority of what you get is a good response, and that's um, supportive and constructive. But uh, we can't guarantee that, right? So the first thing to recognize is that you are not your art. I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase before, you have a job, you are not your job. Um, that's more on the career spectrum, but um, there are some people who identify so much with what they do that they lose sight of the fact that, you know, that's only a piece or a part of them, of their life, that you are a person beyond that. And so I think that's important to remember. And I I really appreciate the fact that this the author of this article, you know, I don't know his ba- background, if he's religious or not, but you know, he starts this section saying, you are a divine being worthy of love and respect, no matter who you are or what you've gone through. And certainly anybody who's of the Christian faith um, knows that's one of the tenets we believe that each person is created in the image of God and ha- and therefore has an innate source of worth and value because God created you as a unique individual in his image. We are all sons and daughters of God, of the living God that we believe in. And so, you know, even if you put something out there, you know, that's, that you've created and it falls short, that's no reflection on you as a person, the worth and value that you have. It's just, you know, a, a product that you've created. Now, I it's easy for me to say that because... I, you know, my hand goes up right there with those of you that are out there listening right now that take it to heart when you hear something, you know, that's directed at your art. And we'll get into that as we get into this article. Like I said, there's, there's six, um, tips in here for how to handle criticism, but I am the first person who gets completely, I don't get defensive, but I get very sensitive and hurt when somebody, um, says something negative about the art that I create, whether it's, you know, music or, you know, a piece of artwork, like a painting or a drawing, anything that I've created, because the being the person that I am, and I imagine many of you that are out there that are creative types are like this, you're not just creating a product or whatever, um, a piece of work, a piece of art, you know, just willy nilly, or just like, as an afterthought, you're pouring yourself into that, right? You know, if it's music, or any creative outlet, um, uh, there's there's part of you that you're in, infusing into that. It's an expression of who you are. And so you do identify with that. And so even though it's outside of yourself, you know, it's a product of you. So if somebody attacks it, it's very easy, especially for those of us with similar personalities, I would think the general creative type personality to take that personally, because you see that as a reflection of you as a person. Someone, you know, shoots it down or says something negative about it it feels like they're saying that about you. It's very easy for me and anybody else that's wired like me to feel that. Like, you know, we kind of wear our heart on our sleeves. And I think, again, most creative people are sensitive like that. Not everybody. I've met some people um, and I think their creativity comes out in different ways, but I've, I've met some amazing musicians who 
they've got thick skin and you could say something straight to their face. Eh, doesn't phase them. It rolls right off their back and they keep, you know, trucking forward. They, they couldn't care less what you say because they, they just aren't bothered by that. I don't have that personality. And I imagine most of you out there don't either, but, and that, that's why I said, it's easy for me to say this. I know in principle, this is true. You are not your art. You have to somehow find a way to separate yourself um, from that, that divine being that's worthy of love and respect from what you produce. And I'm still learning how to do that. Like I have success at that um, certain times in my life and not others and more success and sometimes and than others. And I think it's a process and something you just have to learn to do. And while those people who do have thick skin and are able to let that just roll off their back and aren't phased by that, while that's kind of enviable, I think there's other characteristics that they don't have or that don't come naturally to them that those of us that are more sensitive do have. So it's a trade-off. Um, I'm not saying one's better than the other. It would be great to have both. But um, even though that's not that might not be your strength, don't totally get upset and try to you know, want to be those people because I think there's certain like soft skills that they tend not to have. And those of you who, who are like me that are more sensitive, I think you know what I'm saying. I don't have it exactly fleshed out so I can to, um, to spell it out for you in words, but you know, maybe that'll come to me as I talk a little bit more. But I, th I think there's certain things that we have a sensitivity to that that is a benefit to us, an actual strong point where they are lacking in that because they aren't sensitive. So. Um, there's pros and cons to both types of personality, but again, who you are is separate from your, from the work that you do and the art that you create. It's really difficult to separate those two in your head and especially in your heart, because if you're passionate about what you make, your, your music or your artwork and you're good at it, you know, it feels extremely personal to you, right? Especially if someone doesn't like it, um, it can feel like they're saying what they say about you as a person. But it's really important to recognize that that, you know, they're not attacking you. And maybe they are. Some people are just cruel that way. But if it is somebody who's just objectively talking about your art, it takes time to learn that. But if we can make that separation where we recognize, that, okay, not everybody's going to be a fan. Not everybody's going to like what you do. You know, you can't please everyone all the time. That's for sure. So as long as quick, as soon as you can recognize that, it's that's going to be easier for you. That's the first step in the right direction, I'll say, to learning to separate who you are from what you produce and recognize that some people just aren't going to like what you do, no matter no matter what you do. You do, you can't please everyone, and um, you just got to recognize that they don't like what you're creating, and it's not about you as a person. And like I said, some people just don't like anybody, so be prepared for that too. Um, the thing is that criticism and rejection are usually usually not personal at all even though it feels that way and that's what we what we got to get over the feelings that they're criticizing you as a person it might seem like they are but they're generally not doing that and being able to separate who you are like that you're being from what you're doing is an important step in presenting yourself to the world you know if you're going to put yourself out there be prepared that you're opening your artwork up whether it's music or whatever you create um, you're, you're opening yourself up for people to say whatever they want about it. Now, I'll just say, if that's scary, if you haven't done that yet, don't let that stop you. Because if you have something to share, and I'll speak specifically to our, our Christian, um, musicians and artists, 
this this goes for secular people as well, but I think especially for us who are putting our religious beliefs into um or our inspiration by of our faith, what we believe about God into our artwork, there's a message that we're conveying behind the lyrics that we sing, the type of um artwork that we're creating, if it's a painting or whatever, there's something that's inspiring that and for us it's a strong faith in what we believe. And so you have a there's a voice that you have that you're putting out in this work and there's a reason that you want to put it out there. You're you're making a statement with that. And if you will allow the threat of criticism, whether it's real or imagined at this point, to stop you, then you know, you've lost the battle already. I mean, just be prepared that some you're going to to receive some criticism, but please, please don't let that stop you from being everything that you can be. You know, God has created each person, gifted each person in a different, unique way. And don't let that be snuffed out because um, a couple of bad eggs. You know, you have a voice. Please put that out there. The people, the world needs to hear your voice. There are certain people out there who can be blessed by what you have to say and, and produce. So don't let a couple of people ruin that for the rest of us that would that do genuinely enjoy your the work that you do and would sin- sincerely and um, seriously be blessed by what you do. So that's what I'll say. My little soapbox for, for today. All right. So that's the introduction to this article. And like I said, he has six steps. So here are a few ways that you can prepare yourself to be ready if and when rejection and criticism come your way. Because like I said, if you put yourself out there, they are going to come. All right, so here's let's start with uh, number one. So he says the first one is to create distance. So what does that mean? All right, many artists will make the distinction between themselves and their artist persona. All right, have have you seen this? Like some people have um, stage names or kind of like alter egos, and they will often kind of record under a pseudonym. So he gives examples of Bob Dylan, um, David Bowie, Elton John, and Lady Gaga, just for examples. And the reasons they have stage names you know, are multifaceted. They probably have many reasons why they go by a stage name. Um, but one of the things is it, one of the things that it does is it puts a little bit of space between who they are personally and then the art that they're creating. Right. So basically because they have this stage name or their stage per- persona, if they receive criticism, they can basically say, well, they're not criticizing me as a person. They're criticizing my stage persona, whoever that is, that, that kind of brand that they're putting out there. And in a way that kind of helps psychologically to bypass um, the amygdala, which is also considered the lizard brain, right? That like kind of base, um, in like, inf- I don't want to say inferior, but lower level of brain function that engages the, the frontal cortex in rational processing. So rather than like a knee jerk reaction, you can use the frontal uh, cortex, right? Your prefrontal cortex the logical part of your brain that you make decisions with to bypass this lizard brain, right? This lower functioning brain that just wants to do this knee-jerk reaction. You can bypass that with logic and say, okay, they're they're reacting to um, my stage persona or, or this artist name or artist brand that I've created. And that's what they're criticizing. They're not criticizing me as the individual person that's behind that. That might work for you. Um, that's a good point that he makes that a lot of people have done that and used that to their advantage. Um, that lizard brain, the amygdala, that, that part of your brain just reacts, right? Fight, flight, or freeze. Uh, 
that that's how its response is. But you can, like I said, you can bypass that with your logical prefrontal cortex, your decision-making process. If you can direct the criticism and, re- and rejection response there, it's much more manageable, right? Because you can choose what you do with it instead of just responding. And the same is true if you record under a band name, even if it's just you and the band. So if you do belong to a band, you're not by, you know, not on yourself. Yeah. If you're not on your own as an independent musician, this will work for you too. Because if there's criticism for your music as a band, you know, if you're a five piece band, people aren't criticizing the individuals. They might just say like, I don't like your music or I don't like, you know, whatever your songs that you're putting out there. Or, you know, if something falls flat, it's not a reflection of you as the individuals in the band. Um, it might just be people don't like your your music as a band. I mean, look at Nickelback. How much flack does that poor band get? Um, I mean, they're they're uh, like this huge meme. There's a whole meme, you know, industry out there on just making fun of Nickelback because of their music, and they're a laughing stock to a whole swath of people out there who just don't like them for who they are, no matter what they do. There's no pleasing people. Like people will just make fun of them. And again, the people, I mean, Chad Kroger, lead singer, I'm sure, I don't know how that guy has taken that to heart. It's got to be hard for him. He's had to have found a way to, to, um, work with that. I, they probably just laugh about it now. I mean, they have enough of a fan base and I'm sure they're successful enough that they can laugh because there are people out there that love them and are loyal, diehard fans no matter what happens. So this group of people that just can't be pleased, oh well, you know. But uh, that's that's one example. But like like the article says, you know, you might have a band name, um, even though you might just be one individual. Maybe you don't sing as your personal name. Maybe you have a, a like a creative name that you sing under. Again, use that to your advantage. And if you see receive criticism in in the public forum on your music or anything that you put out there under that brand name. Just let that take the hit and not you as a person. Again, I know this is a difficult concept. It's easy to say. It's more difficult to actually live out for those of you, again, who are very sensitive and really put your heart into your art and identify with it. It's not easy no matter how how you couch it. So just think about that um, tip that he gives there. And I think if you um, start thinking about that and applying that in your situation, that might be helpful to create distance between you and the brand that you are out there as an artist. All right. Number two, take a break. I, yeah, this is this is important and maybe one that you don't think about. Another way to create distance between yourself and the work that you do is by taking breaks and creating literal distance, right? So if you're in the middle of recording or mixing, and things are getting overwhelming and you're starting to lose perspective, take a walk, right? Or set it aside for a couple of days. Give yourself some time and space and use that to your advantage. Um, it's a lot easier to stay personally detached from the outcome of a song or your album's reception if you're going to allow yourself a little breathing room between the, the time that you complete it and the time that you put it out there for promotion, right? And sometimes that's hard because especially if you're excited about what you're doing, you know, you've created a, a masterpiece, whatever your artwork is, you know, you maybe you've recorded a song or an entire album. You want to get it, get that out there. You want people to hear it, especially if you're excited about it and you're invested in it. But he's saying like, if you can take a break, pump the brakes a little bit, give yourself a little bit of distance, a little bit of breathing room, 
it's a little bit easier to like regroup and then just put that out there as a product and detach yourself psychologically and emotionally from it than if you're releasing that when you're on your high of finishing it. And then it's, then it would be a little bit harder to, to get negative feedback, especially if it comes right away. So finding ways to put distance between yourself and your work will lead to less attachment to the outcomes. And it can inspire more creativity and solutions to the problems that elude you previously. Have you guys found this? So like if you, you have a problem and you've been racking your brain how to fix this and you can't figure it out and you finally just say, I give up. I, I'm walking away from this. And maybe you go, um, I don't know, mow the grass or you go for a walk or you drive, you're driving your car to work or you're in the shower. That's a classic one. And then suddenly the idea, an idea pops in your head for the solution to your problem. And it was only because you stopped trying to focus on it, right? With this laser-like focus, you stopped and gave your brain a chance to, to focus on something else. And in the meantime, your subconscious was still working on this thing. And you're, the, the problem or the solution will often bubble to the surface when you're least expecting it, right? When you're not actively trying to find the answer to your problem, all of a sudden out of nowhere, it comes because you know, and rather than using again that free prefrontal cortex, you know, that front brain and trying to like, you know, work it out logically, state the problem, put it into your mind, into your, you know, the back of your mind, your subconscious, and like let it go. Sometimes your answers will come to you in your sleep or that weird twilight time between sleep when you're falling asleep at night or when you're waking up in the morning. Or like I said, when you go on a walk, if you have a commute and you're driving in your car, um, and the classic one, like Einstein said, he got his best ideas when he was in the shower because you're doing this like mindless task, right? Um, you could be washing dishes, whatever it is. It's just something where you're not actively thinking about what you're doing. And your, your brain has a weird way of just like bubbling things up to the surface then. Um, thoughts that you've been kind of mulling on for a long time will suddenly just pop to, pop up to the surface. It's really crazy how that works. But again, it does. So if you're, if you're working on something and you're so attached to it and you've been so focused on it and you're just, you know, you're feeling burnout and stuck, walk away, get a little, little detachment from it. And, uh, you'll be surprised that that's going to help you find your answers. And he has an, an, another unique quote here. I hadn't heard this one before. He says the legendary, legendary acting teacher, Konstantin Stanislavski, probably butchered that name, Stanislavski. Wow. Okay. Here's this quote. He said, Love the art in yourself, not yourself in the art. Okay. Again, another way of recognizing the detachment between you as a person and the art that you create. Again, I'm not saying that's easy to do for some of us, but love the art in yourself, not yourself in the art. That's a pretty good quote. I like that one a lot. All right. Let's give one more um, of these six tips and then we'll take a short break and be back for the, for the other three. So number three, take what you need and leave the rest. All right. So even if you're well prepared for criticism and rejection, right? You think about it, you know, you know that it's coming, you're, you're prepared for it, you put your artwork out there, it still can wound, right? It still can hurt. And your suit of psychic armor may not be as invincible as you hope, right? So even Achilles had his heel, right? This Achilles heel. If you remember that story from Greek um, mythology, everybody's got one of those vulnerable spots. But, you know, sometimes the, re the rejection can lead to real loss, right? It could be a loss of status or income or simply just a, a hurtful pride, right? It hurts your pride. 
But there's an old saying that says, take what you need and leave the rest, all right? So the meaning there is don't get hung up on what doesn't serve you. So just learn from the experience, take what serves you, and then forget the rest. Like whatever is not serving to you, just let that go. So you want to siphon off the positive parts of the criticism and throw the rest in the trash. If you hold on too tightly to the things that don't serve you, it's just going to destroy you emotionally, physically, psychologically. And it's really going to um, sidetrack you artistically. Yeah, you, it's going to destroy your your inspiration, your creativity, and it, it could really sideline you. So learn from it, but move on. Use the constructive part of it, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. And um, learn from it what you can and then move on. And whatever doesn't serve you, just learn to let that go. All right. So this is his first three tips for how to handle criticism. And uh, we're going to take a short break here. We'll go over the last three and we'll go over those uh, Christian music trivia questions and we'll give you the answers and see if you guys got them. All right. We'll be right back. All right. And welcome back to the Artist Impact Podcast right here on Notespire Music Radio. Again, I'm your host, Nate Miller. And I'm so glad to be here with you guys. We've been talking about how to handle criticism as an artist. Yeah. And I know for some of you that are like me, creative types tend to be on this more sensitive side of the scale. If you're like me um, and you don't have real thick skin and you pour yourself into your artwork, it can be really hard to take criticism, especially when you're new to the game and you haven't had that experience. So we've been helping you work that way through that um, with this article. And we we have six tips. We've given three before the break, and we're going to go through the last three here. And hopefully this is helpful to you guys. I know there's more out there. Um, we're just focusing on this specific article. But if you do need more help, you know, maybe there's a specific situation that you've come up against. And, you know, you need to talk through it and like, and get maybe some ideas, like a working plan on how you can handle that specific situation. Maybe it's something that you keep coming up against, a wall that you keep hitting because of a particular aspect of your art. Reach out to us, info at notespiremusic.com, and I'm sure we can help you. Um, we help artists all the time We uh, in many different ways. We have a studio here so we can do songwriting and um, arrangement and recording, but we also do um, artist development and promotion as well as you know video work, all kinds of things. You can visit us at our website, notespiremusic.com. And uh, look into all the things that we offer here for the independent Christian musician. And um, yeah, we 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 like to work one on one with artists, whether we meet physically or over Zoom. And um, we can definitely work with you again if you have specific concerns about how to handle criticism or a specific situation that you've run up against, and you just need somebody to be in your corner um, to go to bat for you or to help you work through things in a you know in a concrete way, you know, to come up with a plan of, or steps for how to navigate these type of, types of things. Again, reach out to us, info at Notespire Music. Tell us what you're going through and let us help you put together a plan or a way to handle this so that you can keep creating the art that you're inspired to do, that God has gifted you to do, and that God has given you the desire to create and to share with the world. And let us help you navigate your way through that. Um, the last thing we want to see is for you, if you've encountered any sort of rejection, is to lose heart and to give up on what you're doing. You, what you have to say is way too important, and um, let us help you to get over that hump so that you can keep moving forward. All right. So we've gone through three tips already from this article. Let's go through uh, four through six. 
So number four, consider the source. Ah, there's a really important one. And again, sometimes hard to um, to do, especially if the source is somebody who's close to you and that you care about and you care about what they say. Sometimes that can be the hardest, right? But um, it's it's important to consider the source of where the criticism's coming from. Is it coming from someone who's jealous of you, right? It could be somebody who else in your field who they've got a stake in the field, right? They're doing something similar to you. Maybe it's another singer or songwriter or another band and they don't want to see you get ahead because that means that you're taking um, light, you know, spotlight away from them or they're just afraid of, you know, losing ground or whatever. Who knows? There's a lot of different reasons why people could lash out. But um, consider that, you know, is are they speaking from jealousy and that's blinding them as to what they're saying so that they're not attacking you as the person. Um, and even if they are, rather you than your art, there's something behind that. Um, there's a jealous factor, jealousy factor that is causing them to do that. Maybe it's someone who's never been supportive of you or your creative life in the past. Could be, a, he says, a sour family member or even a frenemy. Oh, man, there's a little worst, right? So somebody who's supposed to be your, uh, yeah, supposed to be your friend, um, but they end up being adverse, right? They become sort of an enemy. So again, that's the hardest one when it's somebody who's supposed to be in your corner, but they turn on you and they're more of an enemy than a friend. So they're a frenemy. Uh, very difficult when you're, when you care about the person and they're supposed to care about you. That's where it hurts even the most or even more. It's, in, it's important to consider who's saying the hurtful thing, right? It can be tougher if the criticism is harsh and the source is someone you respect. Again, like someone that um, you're supposed to be your friend, or even worse, if it's a well-known critic or one of your artist heroes. What about that? What if it's somebody that you look up to in the field of what you're doing? If you're a musician and there's somebody that's ahead of you, you know, whether it's, you know, a famous person, an, a national or internationally known person, or someone who isn't maybe, you know, a mainstream person, but there's somebody that you look up to. If you receive criticism from them, that's a lot harder to handle, isn't it? But even those people can be petty and small-minded and destructive for reasons that have nothing to do with you. And that's the thing, you know, you never know what people are going through. And I'm not saying that that justifies anybody being mean or vicious or vindictive or cruel or saying anything, you know, that can tear you down that just doesn't justify it at all but you just you never know what is someone's story what they're going through what has happened to them what criticism they've received and are acting out from so before you take anything to heart just fully vet the motives and the credentials of the critic so and maybe you you don't you'll never have a full picture of the person especially if you don't know them personally there's lots of trolls out there who like to just just say the rudest things on social media, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or, or YouTube. People who don't even know you will just put comments and they, they have no, no reason um, to say the things that they say. They don't even follow you. They don't even, you know, they're not even a fan, but they'll say cruel things just to be mean. And um, that is unfortunately the nature of our, the world that we live in. People can try to, can sort of act with anonymity now because they do things online and no one knows, they don't even know who these people are because they don't use their real face on their um, profiles or their real name. And they're just, they're just out there to be 
small. They're small people. They're not doing anything good themselves and they don't want to see anybody else do anything good. And just if what a waste of time. You know, these people, if they would turn their time to doing something creative themselves and actually try to do what you're doing, you know, the world would be a better place and they would also see it's not as easy as as what you're doing. You're putting the hard, long hours into creating these works of art and it doesn't take this person anything. It takes them a few seconds just to say the worst thing in the world that can bring you down. And they're not being, they're creative in their, their criticisms. I'll give them that the way they, and sometimes not even that. Sometimes they're not even creative in how they critique you, but it, it takes nothing to tear somebody down. It takes a lot of time and energy and creativity to actually create a work of art. So don't mind those people. I, like I said, it's harder when it's somebody who's close to you or someone that you look up to. But again, you don't know their motivations. It doesn't justify what they're doing. But just know that there's a whole host of reasons why they might say what they say. That being said, there are sometimes kernels of truth, right? So that's the next one in this article. Number five, fuel for the future. Sometimes criticism hurts because it hurts the most because there's a kernel of truth contained within it. So even if what the person says isn't completely true, you know, they might, you might get a terrible review. Say you put an album out there and for whatever reason, again, the person might just, that might, they might just be impossible to please and they give you a review and it's not very flattering and they, they give so many reasons why they don't like what you did. They tear it down in, in many different ways. Who who knows? Who knows what their reason is? Maybe they just like shock factor or whatever, or they're just a terrible person. Um, and they don't like anything anybody does. There are there are reviewers out there like that. But sometimes people will give a review that is based on some truth, at least from their perspective. And if you happen to know that like there's at least a piece of truth to what they say, sometimes that can be harder to handle, right? So it's important to discern whether the critic is using a grain of truth to be hurtful or whether the criticism is more hurtful because it seems accurate to you. Yeah, I mean, that. there's where that takes, okay, some humility. It takes some maturity too. And it takes a lot of maturity, I guess, to to recognize, okay, well, you know, maybe from this outside perspective of this person, if they are being genuine, maybe they do see something that I don't see. It's really hard for us, especially if we are so invested in the artwork that we're doing, whether it's music or any other type of art, it, it's our baby, right? Like we pour ourselves into it and we obviously love what we're doing or else we wouldn't put it out there. If we thought, if we didn't think it was good enough to put out at all, we probably wouldn't. But if we put it out there, there's a little bit of, we're proud of what we do. It doesn't mean we're prideful, but we take some pride in what we do. Or we just love it. It's it's a part of us. And so if someone gives you a genuine critique and notices something that's um, lacking or adverse or, you know, from at least from their perspective, and if you recognize from their perspective that, oh, wow, okay, I see that it is being, you know, received this way, ouch, that can hurt. But like he says, it's fuel for the future, right? So maybe they say this album... I hate, hope they wouldn't use these words, but this album sucks because the artist can't sing. Or the singer's unconventional voice detracts from the overall presentation of the songs. Those are two different um, critiques. 
The first one's probably a little more hurtful because it sounds like they're just saying it to to be mean. And it coming the album sucks because the artist can't sing. Wow, I mean that that's very direct and a lot more of an opinion than it is constructive. But the second one, um, the singer's unconventional voice. Okay, they didn't like the person's voice, but they're not saying that it sucks. They're just saying that it's not their cup of tea, or it's not a typical voice that you would hear on a, a recorded album. They're saying that that for them, as a, as a cr- critique, it detracted from the overall presentation of the songs. Okay, so is there truth to that? And again, everybody's a critic, right? You can't please everybody all the time. But if the latter is true, then you want to use that information to propel yourself forward into the future and into new and better work, all right? So maybe there's some truth to what they're saying. Can you use that to help you to improve for your next piece of work that you're going to put out there? Um, For you, if, if, you know, if you get a critique like that, let's, let's keep following his example here. That um that the singing was under par or, or detracted from the music. How do you handle that? Well, you could hire a singer, or you could lean into the unconventionality of your voice and make that your unique selling proposition, your USP, right? So there are plenty of unconventional singers out there who have actually achieved great success. We mentioned earlier one of his examples of, you know, someone using a stage name, Bob Dylan. I mean, he is known for the voice that he has. And I would venture to guess that people who love Bob Dylan, they probably also love his voice. Not everybody. Some people like him just because of he's a great songwriter. Other people who have re-recorded his songs probably perform them much better vocally for most people. I mean, Bob Dylan's sort of an acquired taste. You know, you either kind of love him or hate him for his, his voice. But I don't think anybody can take away from the fact that he's a great songwriter. So those people who do enjoy his voice, they enjoy it because, um, specifically because it is unconventional. And for him, it actually worked in his favor because he made a name for himself because his voice is really, I mean, let's face it. If Bob Dylan were to go on America's Got Talent or X Factor or something like that today, there's no way he would succeed. He would not even make it to the final, you know, contest in front of the, the actual judging board. He would have been dropped out in the one of the semifinals. But I mean, that guy has had a long, successful career. And in some respect, respects, it's because of his voice being so unconventional. Um, another one that comes to mind, not a singer, um, but an actress, Fran Drescher. I mean, how many rejections did she get before she landed um, a job like The Nanny? And then that kind of, I think that I think that was responsible for making her famous, but I mean, her voice is sometimes a bit annoying. Like it's really like whiny and that laugh that she has, but you know, she just embraced it and made that like her trademark. And because of that, she found success and people and a, a fan base that loves her because of that voice that she has. So, you know, maybe you can make it work. Um, now, that's one example, the voice thing that he just mentioned, but there's something else. Maybe there's something else that you're doing that people kind of point out that is like not typical for what you're trying to do. You can let that stop you. You can find ways to work around it or you can embrace it and actually turn something that works against you into an asset and a benefit. So that's up to you as a creative type to figure out how you're going to work that. So fuel for the future was his tip number five. All right. 
Final tip. Actually, I've been saying six this whole time. I'm going to give you a bonus tip because I just realized he gave seven. Okay. Here's tip number six, though. Understand and move on. Okay. This is, again, this is in the same vein of the, the previous one. Sometimes criticism is just plain un- wrong and unfair, right? Maybe you reject it from an event you wanted to play or a contest that you felt you really had a chance of winning. And you know what? Life is often unfair. It, it's up to you to discern whether there's anything to be learned from the unfortunate events or the hurtful words. Sometimes it's best just to nurse your wounds and move on, right? And sometimes people are just hurtful for their own mysterious reasons or psychological issues. Again, you don't know what, what's behind some of the criticisms that you're receiving. Sometimes they're totally unjustified and um, they don't really have anything to do with you. It could just be the person had a bad day. There's other underlying motives um, that you don't know about. Sometimes people just make mistakes or there's political reasons why one artist gets chosen over another for an event. Maybe there's some nepotism going on there. Who knows? So just know that you're not always going to understand why. And I think that's, for some of us, that's the hardest part, right? It's one thing to get to receive negative feedback. Ugh, that hurts enough. But when you don't know why you got it and there's no reason given, I think that's even harder because it's just the unknown. That seems even hurt, more hurtful to me because then if you knew what the reason was, you could say, okay, well, then I can work on it. I can do something with that. But if you just get like rejection and you don't know why and there's no explanation given, what do you do with that? <laughs> so sometimes, again, it takes you as the creative type to, be creative in using that to improve yourself as you move on. It's good to be an understanding, compassionate person, but you don't have to be infinitely understanding at your own expense. And again, I can speak from personal experience. If you are like me and you're wired that way to be very understanding, compassionate, to uh, look out for the other person, sometimes to your own detriment or um, you know, to sacrifice yourself for the other person's benefit, uh, that can get turned against you very quickly, very easily. You can get used and abused, um, taken advantage of. So just be careful. If you, if that's your tendency, it doesn't mean you need to become a mean person, but just know that you need to balance that with some realism and to stand up for yourself and also for the, your own success and what you're trying to do. It's a balance you got to find and you got to learn. Some people have that right from the get-go and other people have to learn that the hard way. So again, you can be understanding, you can be compassionate, you can look out for the other people, but also look out for yourself. One way to deal with your critis- with criticism is to cut your losses and throw the garbage in the trash, just be good to yourself and move on. Um, sometimes you have to do that and it's tough because like, sometimes you have to lose friends. If they were even friends in the beginning, they might have become frenemies. Sometimes you have to lose um, connections and networking that you did before. Maybe you had a certain arrangement and you found that it's not going to work in your favor and you have to cut your losses and move on. There's a lot of different things that you might have to um, to lose. But in the end, it will be better for you if you make those breaks. Um, there are so many major artists, major label artists I've heard of in the past that have done that. You know, they started out, they signed a record deal and they had managers who they thought had their best interest at heart. And after they had a little bit of success um, as artists, they found that their management did not have their back, was not looking out for them creatively or trying to help them succeed, but was just siphoning off of them and just um, was really out for themselves. 
And uh, it was it wasn't until they made a hard break, and sometimes they had to break their contracts and lose tens of thousands of dollars in order to do that to gain their creative freedom, and then finally sign a deal if they moved on to another deal, um, and find people that would work with them and actually help them. So, yeah, there's all kinds of horror stories about that in real in major labels where artists had to do that because they had to cut losses. So. That's always a possibility. Sometimes it's not that <laughs> complex and involved. It might just be saying like, you know, hey, you know, I, I wanted to be part of this organization or this network or mm-hmm. um, this other artist or whatever. But um, you sometimes you got to cu- cut those losses and move on. And that can be hard. But again, if you can learn to do that, it's only going to help you in the end, in the long run. So, yeah. Boy, this got heavy really, really quickly, didn't it? I said this wouldn't, wasn't going to be all gloom and doom, so I'm sorry if it feels that way. All right, so the final bonus, bonus tip, because I've been saying the whole time this article only had six tips, but there's actually seven. So here you go. Here's your bonus, uh, bonus tip for you. Number seven is practice excellent self-care. Yeah, I think this one's, um, well, it's so important and it can be really easy to let this fall to the wayside especially if you're really ambitious in what you're doing and you're so focused on the work, the artwork, that whatever you're creating that you kind of forget about yourself. Again, I'm a person that prone tends to be prone that way. I don't know if you are too, but uh, self-care, he says, can be a nebulous concept, right? So drinking wine and eating chocolate and shopping can be therapeutic, right? But also can exercise, healthy eating, adequate sleep, and mental health care um, they're going to be even better for you in the long term for maintaining positive attitudes and overall physical health and mental health and just endurance um, for your career in the long time. It's good to take care of yourself in any situation, but especially if you're a creative artist who's going to be showing your work to the world and receiving, yes, hopefully praise and um, acceptance, but also rejection and criticism. So it's vital that you protect yourself, and that means caring for yourself. You need that foundation of understanding of your own sense of wealth and um, well-being. So minding your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health is going to pay off dividends in energy, resilience, and the ability to manage life's curveballs like criticism that's going to come your way. Um, And, of course, it allows for you to treat yourself along the way, too. And that's always a good thing. I mean, who doesn't like to pamper themselves every once in a while? One way to deal with criticism is to take care of yourself in every way that you can, okay? Especially with the ubiquity of social media and the the capacity for all the haters out there who to have a voice, right? No matter how misguided and uninformed they are, it's challenging enough to avoid criticism and rejection these days without the additional target of putting your creative artwork out in the world. I talked earlier about the trolls that are just out there that they're not even friends, fans, or followers, but they'll put anything out there on social media just to to take a stab at people. Again, what a worthless waste of time and energy to be cruel to people that they don't even know. So again, as a musician, your art can be another avenue of attack. But with the advice that we've given you in this article, these seven tips, uh, you should be better able to deal with criticism and rejection and to keep your perspective and your positive mindset. Yeah. And I like the way that he sums up this article because I think this is really true. He says, longevity as an artist is your goal. And sometimes it's easy to lose perspective of that, right? 
you know, because we are putting work out there as we go. Little, you know, here's a piece, here a piece, you know. You put out a, a song, you know, I don't know what your rate of production is, but maybe you put out a song, you know, as it, each one is completed rather than waiting until you have a whole album or like as you have each artwork or each art piece or each painting, whatever you're doing, create it, you put it out there, you know, kind of piecemeal or a la carte, right? And so, you know, the more productive you are and the more artwork you put out there, you know, you're, you're feeling that each time, like you're, you're making, taking these little steps and that's good to put stuff out. But remember as an artist, there's a longevity to your career. Hopefully you want to have that mindset, you know, in the back of your mind that this is a marathon, not a sprint. So just remember, like if you receive criticism, it's just for the moment. All right. It's not the end of your career, right? You're in it for the long run. You're going to be an artist, whatever your chosen field is, whether it's music or fine art or acting, whatever it is. If you've chosen to be an artist, that's who you are, right? And you're going to put artwork out regardless, and you're going to have a career in it, right? It's going to be a lifelong work of art and labor of love. If you really love what you're doing, you're going to do this as long as, you know, God gives you the ability to do it, right? If you're a musician, you play and write and sing and, you know, create music. Because that's who you are. You can't imagine not doing that. If you're an artist, you can't imagine not painting or drawing. It's just who you are. You just pour, it comes out of you. And so realizing that is going to put things into perspective. So if you're an artist for life, getting criticism, you know, here and there is not going to put you back, at least not, you know, and not in the long term, because you know, it's just a speed bump. You have a long journey ahead of you. You have the rest of your life as long as God gives you. So he ends with this quote from the uh, motivational speaker, Les Brown. That guy, I don't know if you've ever listened to him. He's got the greatest laugh. And it's so funny because like comedians, they always say don't laugh at your own jokes. But he's not a comedian, but he he adds humor to his motivational talks. But like he'll say something and he just laughs. And he's, I mean, it's like a belly laugh. And it's so um, contagious. I mean, he. He's genuinely laughing at himself. I mean, what a great talk about having a great perspective. Uh, but anyway, if if you're not familiar with Les Brown, maybe look him up on YouTube and listen to some of his speeches. But Les Brown says, "If you fall down, fall on your back, because if you can look up, you can still get up." I like that. So if you're gonna fall down, try to fall on your back, because if you can look up, you can still get up. All right, great word of advice there. Um, again, I hope there was something helpful to you in this article, seven points, not six. You got a bonus one there, um, to help you again. Like I said, if you've already put yourself out there, you've probably received criticism. And if you haven't yet, trust me, it's coming. And if you're just getting started in your career as an artist, um, again, please do not let this dissuade you learn from this article, learn from other artists that are out there that have already gone through this. You have a voice, you have um, a reason that this art, this inspiration is in you. Don't let this stop you. Learn to deal with it and to move on. Um, don't let it, it might set you back for a little bit, but you can move on and become stronger and better for it in the long run. But don't let it stop you from creating the art that you are meant to create. All right. Well, we've already gone long enough on this episode. I think it was an important topic, but uh, I, like I said, I hope it wasn't completely doomed. Um, gloom and doom and that you got something helpful and constructive out of it um, and that's going to encourage you to keep moving um, even when you hit these roadblocks yeah and again like I said 
if there's any way that we can help you specifically as an artist, you know, maybe this was too general for you and you have a very specific situation that you just want to run past us or just someone to sound things off of a sounding board, um, somebody that can be in your corner and um, can hear your struggle and maybe help you to get over things or get through things that you're going through, reach out to us at info at notespiremusic.com. Paul and I would love to meet with you either in person or over um, Zoom and uh, talk through your situation and see how we can help you to have a greater impact in the music that you are putting out there and in what God has blessed you to do. Again, um, visit our website in notespiremusic.com. You can check out all of our services there. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, as well as YouTube at Notespire Music TV. And uh, please tune in to WNSMDB, Notespire Music Radio. We're out there 24-7 on internet radio playing and featuring independent uh, Christian musicians just like yourselves. Got lots of devotional materials on there like Charles Stanley and others. And uh, we, we feature specifically Christian, independent Christian musicians uh, 24-7 on the internet. And exciting news, we have our own app. You can go to the App Store or Google Play and just type in Notespire Music and you can find the app for Notespire Music Radio. So download that and at the click of a button, you can be listening to us 24-7. We're so excited for that and uh, share that information and, and news with other people that you might think that you think might be interested and blessed by that because we love being able to put independent Christian musicians out there um, who don't often have the opportunity for their music to be played on mainstream radio. But with the internet, the beauty of that is we have the technology now. And with our app, it's so much easier. You can just click, you know, just one click and you got instant access to uplifting and inspiring music 24-7. So again, go to the App Store or the Google Play and uh, type in Notespire Music and look for the Notespire Music Radio app. And it's out there. It's so, so exciting that we have our own app now. All right, guys, thank you so much for sticking through. This was a long episode, but an important one, I think. And uh, this has been the Artist Impact Podcast. Looking forward to another one coming up soon where we'll have another helpful subject for you. Hopefully one that's a little bit lighter than this one. Thank you guys so much. My name is Nate Miller. And again, I'll be back with you or Paul Gibbs or the both of us. And uh, looking forward to being with you again very soon. All right, God bless and bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Artist Impact Podcast, a production of Notespire Music, LLC. At Notespire Music, we empower independent Christian musicians to grow their God-given music potential by refining their craft and extending their music ministry reach. Notespire Music, helping you gain confidence, grow your talent, and advance your impact. For more information, visit notespiremusic.com. And join us next time for the Notespire Music Artist Impact.